magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show episode number 520, that's uh, 100 episodes beyond episode 420, which if you remember was a massive blowout. The greatest episode, some would say the greatest podcast episode It was of all probably our, our strongest work out of the last uh, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, episode 520, um, I guess 520 doesn't really mean anything. But that's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of podcast episodes. I'll say that much. Yeah, for real. Um, how you doing this week? Uh, pretty good. I um, I guess we can. I don't know. Have you fiddled around with uh, Lost Ark at all on the uh, Steam Deck or any other thing not. that can play a Windows game? No. Um, so this this has been uh, the obsession of the week for me in in the world mm-hmm. of video games. So. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so many things about this whole thing that I find to be amusing on so many levels. So if you haven't heard of Lost Ark yet, it's like, I think the number one Steam game of all time or something. I don't, I don't I think remember. number what. two, but whatever the case, it just broke a crazy record. Yeah, it was like, I don't remember if it was like most concurrent players on or you know, some something that you're like, okay, holy shit. Like, this is, this is a yeah. big deal, right? So, um Basically, Lost Ark is a uh, Korean MMORPG originally released by Smilegate, I believe, in mm-hmm. in Korea. You know, and a lot like um, a lot like uh, what was it like Lineage Two or Lineage Revolutions or some of these other games. It's like stuff that you don't really hear about in North America, and then like it comes out here, and people are like, "Oh, by the way, like six billion people play this in Asia." <laughs> you know, right. um, yeah. So Amazon Games republished it in uh, North, I guess, Western markets. I, I presume uh, European Union stuff is included in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, it's basically a free-to-play uh, Diablo-like sort of like dungeon crawlery kind of MMO sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what I love about it is, um, you know, so often you get involved in like a launch day MMO and, you know, World of Warcraft and all the other ones are extremely guilty of this where it's like you know these games are very complicated to make and they require a lot of content for people to feel like there's something to do and that's Mm -hmm. really hard to do if you're creating all that stuff like you know the first time out or whatever right Mm -hmm. you know in world of warcraft was the initial like 1.0 version of it was pretty bad for this because you would hit max level and there was like one thing to do right yeah um but because lost ark has been out in um Mm -hmm. you know korea and other asian countries for so long like the amount of stuff this game has is like just (laughs) mind-boggling yeah (laughs) i mean because like you know not only does it seem like there's just a truly infinite amount of content in the game but it has like Mm -hmm. systems on top of systems on top of systems like you know how it's like you know to use the world of warcraft example again it would be like okay maybe we release a new expansion and it includes like one new trade skill where you can like cut gems or, you know, whatever else for your guy. Right. Well, this has like what I can only assume is like years and years and years and years and years of that. Right. So it is, um, it is fairly overwhelming just how much stuff there is to do Mm -hmm. in this game. Mm -hmm. And, um, what, what I like about it is that so many of these different systems, uh, are kind of like there for like min maxing. So they're sort of, it's like depth there if you want it, but you know, Mm -hmm. it seems like you can kind of just, uh, kind of sort of ignore some of these things and it's like, doesn't really harm you too much either way. But like, you know, it's just when you're, when you're going through stuff and playing the game, it's like, you are always leveling something up and always collecting something and always unlocking some achievement. And, you know, because of the sheer depth of content and things like that, it's like just this like constant positive feedback loop while you're playing. Mm. Hmm. Um, which is, which is pretty cool, you know, because like most MMOs when they're new, you know, you play them and you're like, all right, well, this is cool. And I, I can see this getting cool, but it's not there yet. Right. You know, whereas right. this like starts at a hundred percent cool from the get go. 
I don't know though. Is that good? I feel like you probably want that hard stopping point where there's you run out of things to do because yeah, people maybe. can tend to go overboard and play this for like a month straight and then die from exhaustion. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's um, I guess it's the risk you take playing video games. But what, so the other the other aspect of this that I find to be very amusing is this. This is a free to play game, right? And yeah. um, it has. I shit you not, man. Like every freemium shenanigan you could possibly mm. think of mm-hmm. is in this game. I mean, like everything. There's even, you know, like part of leveling up and going through just kind of like the tutorial. It's like, oh, here's your stronghold, which is actually a timer based yeah. city builder where you research things <laughs> and like, you know, there's an yeah. energy system and like all this other stuff. And there's yeah. a million different, um, uh, weird currencies that can be converted into other things. And, you know, you yeah. can buy all these different crystals and cosmetics and skins and, um, yeah, all these daily login bonuses and all sorts of other kind of like shenanigans for like linking different accounts, different places. And I, 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 I shit, you know, it's like, it's truly insane how much stuff there yeah. is in this when it comes yeah. to that. Um, but what, what's amazing to me about it is like, you know, when you, when you look at it, I mean, you can look at this as this is like a mobile game, mobile game sort of experience, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you log in, you get your daily login bonus and you got all this other mm-hmm. crap. Like, mm-hmm. um, I just think it's so funny how what a great example this is of uh, the extreme difference in reaction. If when Blizzard announced Diablo Immortal, if they yeah. wouldn't have just been like, hey, you know, guess what? This is the next Diablo and we're going to... Um, you know, we're going to be operating it as a live service for, you know, the next foreseeable future, which could be years or even yeah. decades, you know, and, right. um, you know, it's totally free to play and all this stuff, like we're launching it on, you know, Battle.net on, you know, PC or whatever else. And maybe the plan at that point for them, like all along was like, hey, this is going to be a mobile game eventually, but just like, let people believe that it's not. Yeah. At which point when Diablo Immortal, like finally came out on mobile, which might have been its, you know, intended lead skew anyway all those people are like, Oh shit. Cool. Like I can log in on my same guy. This is so neat. Like, right. You know, all games should do this, blah, 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 blah. Instead <laughs> of like, Oh, I can't believe Blizzard's making this dumb baby game for idiots. Yeah, and I right. will, I can't believe they ruined Diablo like this and everything. Yeah. Else. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And then I also think that it's been a few years, I think almost four years since that game was announced. And, um, man, just, Free to play is sort of like made. It, I think it's become more commonplace mm. outside of just mobile games. That, oh, for um, sure. You know things like Fortnite and stuff. So people kind of don't immediately balk at it, but it is super true. Like a game like Diablo is so perfect for a game as a service setup that doesn't need to require payment. You know, upfront. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, the, the reaction to that was so negative. And then something like this comes along and is doing that. Oh yeah. (laughs) But it's not Diablo. What's, what's nuts about it to me is that like, you know, of, of what I've, um, if what I've seen of Diablo Immortal, like it basically is this game. Yeah. You know, but like on one hand, you've got like this game that has been ruthlessly roasted for the last four years is like you know, a, a greedy company doing like the worst thing they can possibly do yeah. to an IP and you know, like all that crap. Right. Well, on the other hand, you've got this game that like people are losing their minds over because they like <laughs> it so much, you know? Well, the funny thing about Diablo Immortal is that the people that have played it, cause it's been through numerous betas where there's yeah. been plenty of opportunities for people to be able to play early version. Um, people who played it are like, Oh my gosh, it's actually good. I've seen like <laughs> articles on like IGN and stuff. That's like, Hey, Diablo Immortal, it's actually good. And it's like, yeah, like, yeah it's good. No it was going to be good. You know, you yeah. guys wrote it off before you even tried it. The um, the the silly thing about Lost Ark, though, and this is I found to be kind of fairly true of a lot of the um, the very sort of like Asian centric games that I've played is that like mm-hmm. everything kind of seems to be like the like Walmart store brand, like President's Choice version of like these different <laughs> yeah. settings and characters and all this stuff. Like yeah. pretty early on, like one of the big um, kind of like uh, action sort of sequences you go through is like President's Choice, Lord of the Rings, Helm's Deep battle. And it's oh. just like, okay, I, I, I know exactly what's going on here. And we're just kind of like, which I don't know. Right. I mean, like it's, it's pretty cool on that, you know, like you've got like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these, all these references that kind of just like mm-hmm. go together in this, uh, 
sort of way that doesn't really seem to take itself too super seriously. So it's just kind of really fun to, mm-hmm. to go through and stuff. So I don't know with how, but what's cool is with how popular this game is, I feel like there's almost a 0% chance that it isn't going to be on uh, Steam Deck with like heavy, heavy Steam Deck support. I would think anyway, like, yeah, what I'm, what I'm coming to find about Steam Deck is that, um, almost all of the compatibility issues are coming down to some sort of wacky DRM or whatever. Yeah. Or anti-cheat it, or something. Yeah. Like that. Anti-cheat stuff. So it's like, um, it depends like, you know, Tim Sweeney coming out and saying Fortnite won't ever be on steam deck because we're not going to change the DRM that breaks or, you know, the, the anti-cheat stuff that it's not compatible with. Is, is that something a chance that happened? That maybe what's that? Is that something that happened? Or are you just saying in a hypothetical? Tim Sweeney tweeted about it. He was like, oh. Fortnite won't be on steam deck. We're not going to, take this off this anti-cheat stuff off um i guess there's maybe possibilities that like there could be some compatibility for that stuff down the road if the work is put in but i thought it was kind of like i don't know stupid of him to say that like the the trendiest like gaming device ever you don't want to be on that okay yeah but at the same time i mean i understand because like you know tim sweeney i mean no one knows right now if the steam deck install base is going to be like half a yeah. million really angry people that are just a pain in the ass True. or if it's going to be like, Oh no, this is like the new thing, you know? Right. And I don't play Fortnite. I don't know how good their anti-cheat stuff is. I assume there's still probably tons of hackers and cheaters yeah. like every game. Um, so whatever, I don't know how like useful it is to, to make sure that thing sticks around or whatever, but his whole, like one of the replies to that tweet was like, um, him basically explaining like, there's so many PC, like configurations and mm-hmm. things like that that you have to like take into account that you can't just like turn it off for this like one specific thing like it needs to cover like such a broad range of like configurations that it's just oh, not yeah. possible no uh, and i don't envy anyone that is running some any kind of like competitive first person shooter sort of thing yeah now yeah. because like the hacks have gotten so sophisticated it's like truly unbelievable yeah. um yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of cheaters to really, really ruin a game. I mean, like, my friends and I, you know, used to be really into Warzone. And, like, that was definitely one of the catalysts to kind of, like, cool everyone's jets on it was, like, you know, Mm -hmm. a a typical Warzone game would last, you know, if you were doing well, like, anywhere between, like, 20 to 30 minutes, right? Yeah. And it would just be so irritating to be, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes into a game and then just get killed by someone that is, like, jumping in circles and looking at the sky but they're like you know cheat thing can uh they got their aimbot on yeah their aimbot can like measure the trajectory of the bullet so accurately that even if they're looking up at the sky like it you know still yeah. headshots you from a million miles away and how, i don't understand cheaters like how is any of that fun i don't know or at least if how is it fun beyond like the first like five matches where you can laugh right. about it and then you're like okay well yeah i don't know it seems yeah, so stupid I but i don't really get it um so, but speaking of Steam Deck, I don't know if you noticed it had been trending on Twitter all day. And I was like, it's weird. Oh, because of the um, Dolphin thing? No, actually. Well, that's uh, that would seem to be a pretty big deal, too, that Dolphin uh, Twitter account tweeted out a picture of Dolphin running on yeah. um, Steam Deck, which isn't surprising at all. That's I think a all Nintendo the emulators emulator. will run on it. Yeah. I think what's funny or what's cool about Dolphin in particular is that most of the handhelds out there now aren't quite strong enough to run GameCube and Wii. Mm-hmm. Very few titles work very, you know, well. Um, but I think the Steam Deck will be powerful enough to run, like, most of both those libraries, really. But, um, no, it turned out that uh, Wario64 started tweeting out. He's been tweeting, like, um, you can go on the SteamDB.com website or whatever it is, the Steam database, where you can check up, like, sales histories and stuff for every Steam game. Um and they also have like a search function where you can um, search games on Steam that are um, verified to run on Steam Deck or like just plain compatible or just totally incompatible or whatever. Um, so it's been really handy to go through and, and be able to curate a little list. I mean, it's still like 600 something games or whatever, but um, to be able to, to look through a list of games that I know will work on Steam or whatever to try out. Um, and so... Uh, he started tweeting out lists of games that have come up incompatible hmm. and um, people started freaking out and being like, oh, the Steam Deck is can't run like the original Catherine and, you know, all these games that like it probably should run hardware wise, but um, they come up incompatible or whatever. 
And so created this huge kerfuffle. But um, the funny thing is, oh, that, I like, see this. Seems... I see what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a bunch of like really obvious stuff. Like why is Darksiders not something that'll run on Steam Deck? You know. Well, the stupid thing about it is like, um, so so Valve's compatibility. It, I think we talked about this last week or whatever. It's like you know, a, a a game will have like a green check mark. That means it's verified to run without issues. It'll have a yellow, you know, uh, like warning circle or whatever. And it basically is like, this game will run, but here's the things you might encounter. And a lot of them are really minor things, like it might label keyboard keys instead of button keys or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. pretty minor problems. And then there's ones that are like, this isn't in, this isn't compatible at all. And that can mean a number of things. And usually the little pop-up will tell you what the problem is. Um, for instance, if you if it was Fortnite, it would be like, hey, this game's anti-cheat system doesn't work, so the whole game doesn't work, whatever. Um, and then there's a, the rest of the Steam library is all a, a question mark icon, which is basically we don't know enough to tell whether this runs or not. You can install and try it. You mm-hmm. might run into issues. You might not, whatever. So a lot of these incompatible games he's, tweak, he's tweeting about the actual problem is that the game completely runs fine, but it's video codecs for like cutscenes and stuff like that are this proprietary Windows thing that either oh, yeah. is glitchy or isn't licensed yet to be able to use mm-hmm. or, or or something like that. And Steam is or Valve has come out and been like, "Hey, we're working with Windows on these drivers because right now Windows doesn't run on Steam Deck or something like that." I haven't even tried, but apparently there's a driver issue with like actual Windows and. You know, some other things, but so there's there's these people losing their minds over all these incompatible games and then being like, oh, switch killer. Yeah, right. And all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. the real thing is like, oh, the game runs completely fine. The cutscenes probably won't work. And that's it. You know what I mean? Um, Are you t- and they'll probably about work down the road. Like, you know what I mean? Like like something similar to like that, uh, like Binks video codec or you know, like one of those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's and and the other thing is that this thing is evolving. It's such a quick clip. That um, when I got my Steam Deck was uh, a week ago Monday, so not even quite two weeks. And um, when I first started out, it was like just the games in my own library. There was like 23, I think, that were like verified for the deck. And now there's over 60. And so just in a week and a half, they've tripled the amount of just the games that I own, not all of Steam games. Yeah. Um, so like they are rapid fire releasing updates and stuff like that. And this compatibility is just growing by the hour. It feels like, so I feel like this is kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, like this is your chance to be like, Oh, the steam deck actually sucks and the switch is better. But you know, wait a couple of months, especially for this thing to be launched and start getting in normal people's hands Mm -hmm. and people in the Linux community, they can make all sorts of things happen and all sorts of stuff work. Right. Um, you might be, you know, eating your words or, or, or whatever, because I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, probably there's going to be games that just plain won't ever run on the steam deck and whatever, but I think it's going to be like a really tiny list. Yeah. I honestly would, it wouldn't surprise me at all is if, um, you know, we get into some of these situations where it's like, oh, well there's one common denominator of all these games. And like, maybe it just takes like a very minor update of like, you yeah. know, unreal engine or something. Right, right. And then suddenly it's like, oh, 500 more games work. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing is like, so my WinMax, for instance, which I got in um, September of 2020, and um, I think I've talked about before, like GPD that makes those devices, they have to pull everything off the shelf. And so it's a miracle at all that I think that they can make these little gaming PCs the way that they do. But anyway, it also means that it's like they're using a lot of components that aren't designed to run on like an eight inch screen or, you know, whatever, or designed to run with the components that they use inside their little laptops and stuff. And um, <clears throat> when the WinMax came out, there was lots of issues um, with Intel drivers and mm-hmm. compatibility with all sorts of the <clears throat> hardware configurations that they use and whatever. Um, and just the WinMax community, which is tiny, much tinier than people that I think are aware of Steam Deck. Um, would come together and and get things working and keep a, a list of games that worked good on the Win Max and stuff. And then there was even people that like through networking reached like people on the actual Intel development team. And then actual Intel engineers were helping work out driver problems with specific games on the Win Max just for the Win Max and stuff. Like it, it was a really cool thing to see, but it was very much like a grassroots like community effort. Um, and that's just in like the small WinMax community. 
I feel like when the Steam Deck thing comes out, there's going to be people coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, oh yeah, we got we did this crazy stuff with Steam Deck. You'll never believe it. So I'm not super worried about it, but I did think it was like a very unnecessary bit of drama today surrounding the Steam Deck. And then I'd be kind of pissed off if I was Valve being like, man, there's like all this. Now there's like I, I don't want any negative sentiment yeah, yeah, sentiments yeah. about about our, our hardware that's coming out. But, you Dude, know, I, I would hate for somebody that doesn't know better to see this big list of incompatible games and be like, Oh, this thing sucks. I would never buy well, one. So yeah. But at the same time is, is that person following the day to day thing that everyone Probably on Twitter is dunking on? You know? like, I don't know. That's, maybe that's always my thing is like, you know, you, I feel like it's really easy to get wrapped up in, in these things and believe that like everyone thinks this because like yeah. everyone on, you know, and your like little Twitter bubble is saying that, but then right. like, right, right, right. you know, you go outside of that and you're like, Oh, Hey man, are you excited for the steam deck? And people are like, what's that? What is even a steam deck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wish we yeah. could get an update on the play date. Like that's something I was <sighs> expecting to have in my hands by now. Dude, I know. Say as and, I'm wearing um, my Playdate t-shirt. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a good feeling about it with the lack of... I feel like the silence is deafening in this mm-hmm. case because they came out and um, delayed it officially because of the battery problem or whatever it was. And then, um, you know, you haven't really heard much since. So, I don't know. This thing was... This seemed like the most likely thing to actually launch on time, which was supposed to be by the end of last year. And now it feels like also uh, note that the uh, that update that they put out three months ago now they like very specifically titled Playdate owners update number zero one as if it was like <laughs> guess there guess what there's the gonna be so many of, so many of these yeah. that we need to number them so you keep them straight right with double digits because <laughs> yeah and that is just like radio silence I don't what what worries me about this one is like I I just feel like I don't know what they lose by being like overly communicative, you know, where it's like, I you yeah. know, like, like tweeting more often being like, Hey, check it out. Like, you know, this is, here's some of the units that we're swapping the battery. Oh, here's, here's the old battery. Here's the new battery. Like, yeah, you know, all this stuff to just like, um, provide some semblance of progress, yeah. I guess, because, yeah. um, you know, particularly considering like they've got our money. You know, like I could, right. I, I, I would see it to be way easier to rationalize if like Valve went totally dark because like my yeah. investment in the Steam Deck right now is like five bucks, five dollars. you know, yeah. and like <laughs> if they don't say anything about it for six months, like how pissed can I be? Whereas like, right. you know, right now, I mean, between the two of us, we're, you know, to the, in for like 600 bucks on these yeah. dumb things, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I know. It's, um, it's, it's uh, a bummer. Part of me wants to believe, and maybe I'm just being hopeful, that all the silence just means that they want to be ready so that their next form of communication is like a, a tracking number for everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe. <clears throat> but I agree with you that I think it's better, especially with this community that's been very supportive of this little device and um, very okay with the roadblocks that have come up. Um being like, hey, these are the things we're dealing with, or maybe there's new issues that we yeah. don't know about yet, or whatever. So, yeah, it's a bummer. I really right. want that. I mean, thing. God, you know, looking at their Twitter account is just crazy because it's like, uh, you know, on on New Year's Eve they posted three boxes of playdates saying like, hey, we're spot checking these units, and then yeah. it was a job posting, and then it's like, hey, we released this pulp thing, and then yeah. that's like it. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't know why, you know, even even if they have like no hardware updates, like why they wouldn't be posting like every couple of days, like, hey, here's here's a gif of like one of these uh, games we got coming or, yeah. you know, here's yeah. something cool that someone made in pulp or I don't yeah. know. It's just a, it seems just like a bad look to uh, I don't it, like you know, not to accuse panic of anything, of course, but like it gives me these like kind of like Kickstartery vibes where it's like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you have these like big campaigns where it's like, oh shit, we're building up soon. We're going to do the coolest stuff ever. If we just get across the stretch goal, everyone's getting cool iPhone cases, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then it's like, and you're like, oh yeah, what happened to that thing? And like all that you have to go off of is like angry comments on Kickstarter of people being like, Mm -hmm. hey, no update for six months. Yeah. I'm I'm still waiting for Indiegogo lightning cables that I ordered uh, in 2018. God. (laughs) Um. 
Yeah, that's crazy. You know, to to contrast that, I actually I did buy a, another Indiegogo thing recently. It was like some it's some battery, some portable battery. I don't know why I need more of these things, but anyway, um, they've been super open because they have run into issues as everyone with supply chain stuff and with um, d- getting components from China and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I they've feel been like, really up. Yeah, <clears throat> like stuff like that. I feel like you can make into like interesting content for people that have been following the project. You know, like yeah, you know, to, to use the panic example. I mean, I feel like you know they could have put out a whole update. It's just like, hey, let, let's give you here's a quick behind the scenes look of like what it's like to import something during yeah. COVID hell. Like here's all the crazy forms we need to fill out. Like yeah. here's the right. tracking of like things basically yeah. just sitting on the ocean and yeah, like, like you know, it wouldn't really be any like meaningful content that would. But it, I mean, I feel like you have sort of an obligation to keep the people that have these pre-orders kind of like in the loop with what's happening, even if it's kind of yeah. like meaningless sort of stuff. I don't know. Well, so this update on this battery, this uh, battery pack was that, um, you know, they had been running in some issues, but kind of keeping everyone abreast of what's going on. And um, the delay hasn't been super significant. I think like originally it was supposed to be like November or December delivery. And it's like a few months late, like whatever. Um, And so, but their latest thing was like, okay, you know, everything's packaged up and we shipped it for like, you know, people in the the Western territories because they're going to ship them out of the U S and um, they're like a bunch of our pallets got water damaged. And I was like, Oh dude, like, that's it, right? Like your battery pack gets water damaged, like you're kind of screwed or whatever. But they turn it around, they're like, yeah, this weird arbitrary decision we made on what type of like plastic to shrink wrap all the boxes in. It turned out we picked this really like waterproof thick stuff. Mm -hmm. And so none of the units or none of the packaging even has any water damage, even though it was like submerged or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like that you probably wouldn't expect to like have to make a packaging waterproof, but you did on accident and it ended up saving a bunch of like your units. Right. And, um, so I'm like, okay, cool. And then they're like, you know, we'll probably have tracking like in the next couple of weeks or whatever. And it's like, cool, I can keep waiting. Like, but I thought that was like an interesting, like factoid about the whole process and, uh, you know, something to make it more interesting than just waiting and hearing nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, and I, I always think that people sort of like appreciate that sort of like behind the scenes kind of stuff. Like I would think that, that's sort like, of what Kickstarter and stuff is, right? Is like yeah. seeing the process. Like I, I always think that that kind of stuff is interesting because, like, when in my life am I ever going to like experience a decision of like what plastic do you wrap your pallets in, kind yeah, of thing? Right. And, and does that matter <laughs> at all? And it like turns out, okay, maybe right. it does matter a lot. And I don't know. I think <laughs> that's that, true. That's that's kind of interesting, and it just is disappointing that panic is kind of like not taking advantage of that sort of stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm sure it'll come eventually, and it'll be really cool. And I'm, you know, who cares and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I agree. I agree. Have you um, used? Uh, have you fiddled with any of these different like play date, um, order date estimator things gosh, that people have making? No. Have oh you? my god! Well, just out, out of curiosity, like I was, um, mm-hmm. you know, particularly as like you've been talking about yours, I've been like getting more and more antsy about like what I'm going to get mine, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Playdate or Steam Deck? Oh, I'm sorry, Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, so there, basically, the the basis of this is you can use this weird, like you put in this weird URL in your browser, and it like gives you mm-hmm. some like uh, weird like text response about like your order status. And one of yeah. those things is like the actual like Unix uh, epic timestamp of the, the exact second your order went through. Wow. And so you have all these dorks that have like, yeah, come up with these different kind of like theories and methodologies of like, based on your steam deck loadout, uh, and like data they've gathered of like other people that have that same loadout and like their exact order second mm-hmm. or, you know, millisecond or however many significant mm-hmm. digits that time figure goes out yeah. to, um, to try to calculate like when they think based on the data <laughs> they've gathered, you're going to get this thing shipped to you. Yeah. And what's yeah. so funny to me about these things is like, you know, you'll go on like the steam deck subreddit or whatever, and you'll, you'll see this like 
10,000 word dissertation on like the methodology of like this one particular yeah. web, web app or whatever. But mm-hmm. they all basically come down to like the fucking like uh, computer and Willy Wonka that like t- tells you where <laughs> like the, the golden ticket is, right? Yeah, because right. like I was, I did one and I was like, oh, weird that it knows that it's going to come on April 2nd. Exactly. That seems strange. Mm-hmm. Like, let me try a few other of these. And they're all like all Different. over the place, like <laughs> going all the way back to like late June to like, maybe I'll get a launch date yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is something very similar happened when I ordered the Win Max, which was through Indiegogo. And, um, you know, people are like losing their mind, wanting to know when it's going to come out and stuff. And uh, so Indiegogo has an API you can use to pull certain data and use for certain situations or whatever. And somebody discovered that you can actually input like your unique user ID or, or order number or something like that. Um, and it'll come up with, um, it'll give you your place, your the actual place in line that you ordered right so if you were the fifth person to place an order you would be number five or whatever yeah and um so everybody starts in the discord starts jumping in putting in their stuff figuring out what number they are and thinking like oh my god i'm like eight thousand it's gonna be forever and um not realizing that a um indiegogo is like notorious especially when you're you're selling something that's um I think it was like in Singapore, like money or something like that. And so it has to be converted or whatever. So like tons and tons of orders get rejected. And each time, each time you go to put one through and it's like, Hey, something small went wrong, retry. And you retry again, that counts as an order number. And so you wouldn't realize that like, um, you know, it says your order 8,000, but you're actually order number like 2000 or whatever, because there were so many false orders in the middle yeah, of yeah, everyone's yeah, actual sure. real order. And so everyone's taking these like order number places or these, these places in line as like face value of like, I'm actually this number. How can I be 36,000 something when they're at, they haven't even said they sold that many or whatever. Um, and just freaking out about it or whatever. And then someone discovers that like all the false orders that get counted. So then people are trying to like determine like which ones were the false orders and how many were there and what's yeah, my yeah, true yeah. place in line and all this stuff. And this is like weeks long processes of people like trying to figure these things out and get your, or your number in line. And, um, so everyone goes through that. Everyone gets their number, finds out where they are in line, has a pretty good idea of where they should be at in the shipping queue or whatever. And then the company comes out and is like, oh, we don't, sh- we don't ship them in order. That's ridiculous. We're shipping stuff out of Asia. I, and you can't just ship one unit to U.S. and then yeah, one yeah, to yeah. somewhere else. And you, it's ridiculous. We have to buy giant pallets of yeah, shipping blocks. Ship them regionally, you know what right? I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, so like all the U.S. orders are going to go together. All the China orders are going to go together. You know, all the Japan orders go together. And um, so like, yes, your place in line sort of matters because we're going to fulfill orders but then they're going to each go on their own separate pallets that have their own separate shipping. And so it kind of isn't indicative of like when you're going to actually get your unit or whatever. It's like every, all these people spent like well over a month, like figuring all this stuff out just to have it mean absolutely. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So I'm looking at the the latest one that I used right now, which is based on this database that anyone can willingly enter their data into. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. So the, the data points are your region, your model, your reserve time, your initial valve estimate, the most recent valve estimate, and when you got your email about it. Oh. So those are the, oh. those are the data points. And then when you put like your stuff in, there's three different. Uh, this particular tool has three different uh, estimation models that you can choose to mm-hmm. to run the simulation on. And then so at the bottom it says, "How does this work?" So there, there's three methods, Moos, Gect, and Abysmas are the three guys that made these different algorithms, right? So uh-huh. Moos method attempts to simulate the number of deck orders each minute and valves throughput of decks each day. Then it calculates the estimated ship date based on throughput each day. It supports almost any date, but is most accurate for the first days of order and the 512 gigabyte model due to that being where most of the sample data is. This algorithm also generates a lot of cool data like orders over time, how many units will ship each month, etc. Uh, <laughs> which I don't know how the fuck they would know that. How do you right? know any of that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Gecht's method just says that this method interp- interpolates estimated dates in the sample data uh, it does not support after Q2 dates. And then uh, my favorite is Abysma's method randomly selects a date within your quarter. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so <laughs> what's the point at all? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I do love that. I do love that. Whatever makes you feel better, and and whatever makes you kill your time quicker, I guess, is fine. Yeah. But it is pretty funny. It's like, dude, you're gonna get it when you get it. I I would just laugh at like Valve seeing stuff like this and being like, oh, that we don't fulfill orders like that at all. Like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. is so 100 different that this makes no sense. Right. Right. Yeah, and again, you know, still still waiting to see like what the actual amount of orders versus uh, like pre-orders just fall off looks like. I yeah. I still am holding pretty hard on there being uh, way fewer people to actually convert to purchase than pre-order, but it's going to be really hard to say. And um it's interesting to me too because it I feel like most people, I don't uh, feel like I know a lot of people that ordered the cheaper models no. or it's it, the cheapest one at least. Um, and so you're in for quite a bit of money if you want, like I feel like that $400 range, that's close to the price of a switch and whatever. Um, $250 more for the biggest model is a big jump in price. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I would think that a lot of people that initially were like, of course I want the biggest one. And then maybe saw that you, it's how easy it is to swap an SSD or whatever. Um, decided like, okay, I don't want the biggest one. I want the cheapest one and you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of that tor- type of stuff. But the other funny thing I was noticing is that, um, now that people have these steam decks and people are actually actively searching out the right SSD for it and stuff yeah. like that. Um, these things aren't cheap, right? Oh no. So you're yeah. going to spend like 200 something dollars if you get it like a two terabyte one or whatever, um, just to upgrade it. And it's like, it doesn't really make that price difference seem that crazy now yeah, between like, the different models. That's what's been kind of amusing to me was like, it, it seems like of the people I know that ordered one, it was like uh, the normal people, the normies like mm-hmm. me that mm-hmm. are just like, dude, mm-hmm. I just want to get the big one. I'm never, I don't want to open this thing. I don't want to fiddle with it. I just want to get it yeah. and have yeah. it be good and work and not yeah. worry about like tweaking or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. like the other, I have a few friends of mine that are like, oh, no way I'm going to open that shit up and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the big brain genius that's got the huge SSD in it. That did myself and stuff and it's been yeah it's been a little amusing that since it came out that i mean you can replace it but they take kind of a specific uh yeah, ssd that specific. is is a yeah. little bit more expensive because it's not and like there's not the, a lot of options for right. it either it kind of reminds me of um a less uh problematic version of kind of like the vita memory cards you know where it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like you know okay i mean i don't need could you even buy a sandisk memory stick duo or whatever or no, you had to buy the Sony branded ones only until much later when they mm. came out with adapters. But, um, but yeah, that not to keep bringing up the Win Max, but the parallels with that too because their SSD that they use in that is a specific kind that needs to be one sided. Yeah, that's which how basically this means too. on one side of it, there's no components sticking out or anything like yeah. that because it sat, sat so flush against other stuff inside the the actual thing, and so single sided eliminates a lot of your options for getting that particular SSD. Um, and, and it also single sided only went up to two terabytes, whereas other double sided SSDs could go to four and eight. And so there's a guy and like an eight terabyte SSD was like oh, $600 yeah. or something like it was like as much as the <laughs> unit cost itself. But there's a few people who went and got them and were, and put them in and their their SSD is visibly flexing over the other components that are right oh below it, gosh. and they're like, "Oh, it fits." <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. What are you doing to yourself? And if you snap your eight hundred dollar SSD or whatever, like, is it worth it to have every game you own installed at once? Like, who cares? Yeah, I don't um, know. So that's kind of how I feel about the Steam Deck. Is like, I, I, I even with the I have the two fifty six, and then I like. I think I talked about last week, I have a 64 gig SD card in there just to see how it works because my other uh, card crapped out. Um, eventually, I'm going to buy one of those one terabyte cards when they go get cheap enough for me to not feel like an idiot buying one. But um, but anyway, so um, I've been I've been having to kind of manage the space a little bit, right? Because games can be 30, 60, sometimes 100 gigs or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the space goes pretty quick, but... It hasn't been an issue, and what I've realized is, like, the if I'm playing a bigger game, I'm probably not focusing on another bigger yeah. game at the same time. Kind of like one big game at a time, and then a lot of these smaller games, you can fit a ton of them in there for in-between time. So I don't think space is really going to be an issue. Um, 
And and plus, with how well the SD card stuff seems to work on it, I don't think that's going to be an yeah. issue. You can always buy an SD card and have more I space. Mean, so. Yeah, I think people invent a lot of these kind of situations in their head, and they're just kind of like not realistic. And I definitely do this myself when I travel, where it's like, oh my yeah. god, it's the night before I fly. I need to load my iPad up with like every single every thing movie ever that yeah. I might ever want to watch on Netflix. And like, I get on the plane and just like. Uh, I'm just going to listen to music. The yeah, whole time. <laughs> I'll just yeah listen to listen to the same music I've been listening to since like 1999, or like just, just play like Dashy Crashy for the yeah. entire flight or I, something stupid. I do all that stuff too, and what I've actually found is that like um, I think limiting yourself is is better because it gives you it forces you to make a decision because what happens is you get like choice paralysis when you have too much options. And so if you have everything installed on your Steam Deck all at once, you're going to sit there and stare at your library screen and be like, I don't know what I feel like playing. I'm going to scroll through everything for an hour. I mean, I do this with the Switch, too, where it's like I had to I had to like actively go into my Switch and delete everything and then start re-downloading mm-hmm. things based on what I'm going to actually play. Yeah. And um, so I feel like the deck is probably good that it will limit you because it's like, okay, well – this game's installed and I've been playing it. I should keep playing it and see it through. And then I can delete it and free up all that space and put something else on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I know people like to feel there's a security to know that every game you own is installed at once for some reason. And I think like the other complication to this too, is that, you know, there's quite a few people that that's live in areas where they have like data caps on their broadband, you know, that that's a very real issue. like, Like for me, I pay some, stupid upcharge to get unlimited data so like it doesn't matter i mean because i ran into this issue with my xbox you know it's like you really only have storage in there for like five games on it at once right right? and i would just be like all right well i'm not going to play this one for a little while just delete it and re-download it again and like yeah you know downloading another 200 gigs or whatever i mean it's just kind of like a you know whatever time it takes i don't really care about the transfer but like yeah it's it's a little harder to say like oh just delete and re-download it if it's like well no i'm like rationing a rationing a uh a terabyte of yeah. transfer amongst like a family of four and yeah 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 you know all, i can't just download a hundred gig game arbitrarily right or, right you know yeah a lot of people are in that situation so, so I, I i feel you there but also um i think the storage options are pretty adequate on this thing yeah i don't think it's going to be a big issue well so are you able to share i don't know how the steam deck embargoes are sort of playing out but are you able to share any additional things that we weren't allowed to talk about last week yet or is it still no in fact they sent out another email that was like just to remind everyone because things yeah. keep poking out that <laughs> don't share anything photos or impressions or anything until the 25th um so yeah, I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't anticipate too many people from Valve are listening to our podcast or anything like that. But I also don't want to piss off Valve. I think it's yeah. cool of them to send me one or whatever. But um, yeah, I've been playing the heck out of it. I think I can say that it's awesome, and that I think <laughs> yeah. everyone that has has got one will like it. Hopefully, um, Valve doesn't send you an angry email being like, "Hey, you you said you enjoyed you playing you on like the Steam Deck." <laughs> <laughs> that counts as an impression. Yeah. Um, no, it's been really great. I mean, it's been uh, everything that the Switch was to me, where it's like um, super easy to play while doing other things, uh, while laying on the couch and watching TV or whatever. So yeah, um, it's it's nice to be able to fit real gaming into like uh, bits of time when you don't have time to actually sit down and focus on gaming for an well, hour or two. Yeah, yeah. For sure. What's what's going to be interesting? Another interesting thing that. Um, I'm curious how this is going to play out with Steam Deck is that, you know, it seems like Nintendo stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if Nintendo is not necessarily alone in this, but like when you buy a video game thing these days, it like rarely comes with everything you need. Right. And it like, mm-hmm. which creates this like whole third party ecosystem of like chargers and, you know, yeah. memory cards and uh, controllers yeah. and all that kind of crap. Right. But yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with the Steam Deck. Cause it just like comes with everything. Like what, other than I guess like a screen protector, maybe like it's the only. Thing yeah, that... I was um, I, w- I was talking about this earlier because um, Waterfield Designs, which makes really cool bags that a lot of people like, uh, they're like a yeah. leather specialist basically, and they they made 3ds and Switch cases that were really popular, and um, but they're not cheap at all. I oh, mean, yeah. it's like a hundred and fifty dollar case or whatever. So, um, but they're nice. They'll they'll last forever. Um, they came out and they have Steam Deck cases now, similar to their Switch cases, actually, um, except much larger. <laughs> and, um, you know, they look cool and stuff like that. But, like, um, I was just saying, like, 
each each model of this comes with its own case and these carrier cases we i think i showed them off last week or whatever it's like a, it's like bulletproof like it's something you would carry like military grade weaponry in yeah. like this thing i would throw across the room and feel okay about and um it's also molded completely molded to the actual like shape of it or whatever so your analog sticks that poke out have somewhere to go and have their own little cubby and they're safe. And I, I think you can click them if I really squeeze this thing hard, but I mean, this is like a huge, but really nice case. Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to replace that with something that's like, doesn't have analog stick protection and stuff like that. It would be a slimmer case, I guess. But, um, I don't see anybody like desperately needing like a different type of case. Like the thing, even a super slimmer case, the thing is still too big to like not need a bag for anyway. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't really understand what the market's going to be for things like that. I mean, I guess, you, then, I, I um, guess you could argue like, um, you know, there, there'll probably be a market for like high end accessories, like leather bags and things like that. But yeah, like, I don't know where the um, kind of like GameStop tier sort of like shitty accessory world <sighs> is going to fall in with the steam deck because it seems like, it already, if it already comes with a good case, it already comes with a good charger, it already comes with like all the good stuff, like you know, like the the cheap headphones and a screen protector and a cleaning cloth yeah. and a forty dollar kit or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And and if you remember that Linus video we talked about this week, like he it was sponsored by some place that is making like a grip for the deck that's like a Nintendo Switch type type grip, mm-hmm. but it's like it doesn't need that. So, like, you're going to put an extra grip on this thing that's already gigantic and molded to your hands anyway. I'll it's be not like something that's necessary at all. Yeah, it's very it's strange. Made. But um, I don't know. The, the, I don't think there's going to be. I mean, I guess it goes back to how popular this thing's going to be is how many accessories there are going to be for it. So, who knows? Yeah. And I guess if you really want to rock, like, a fancier leather case, I mean, this thing does look like a military weapon carrying case and not everyone wants to tote that around. So, you know, it's dumb of me to assume that people don't want to buy another case, but I just feel like the thing is so ultra protective and so specifically made for the deck that see, I, well, I'm planning on getting, um, one of those Halliburton aluminum briefcases that I can just keep it in handcuffed to my wrist. You know, I think you could probably retrofit the innards of this into one of those so that you have all the same molded, parts Perfect. but you have the metal aluminum i'm in like a bond movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, suitcase around it i want to go through cool. airport security and be like i can't take this off my wrist i'm sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't have the key You'll it's have handcuffed to, cut my to me hand off. um well it sounds like <clears throat> whole family's home so i don't know where we're at time wise but uh well we can blast through some of these uh a few of these stories real quick if you are if there's anything you really want to talk about I was just trying to pick out some interesting stuff because we didn't talk about any mobile stuff the last uh, two weeks or month or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, let's go through them super quick. Here, let me, shut, let me shut the dog out here. This fucking dog. You stay away, dog. Um, so the first thing I had up is this Dead Cells news that um, the Queen and the Sea DLC is coming to the mobile version this spring. Um, and they're also stealth, including the everyone is here and practice makes perfect updates. That's cool. Um, I thought this was significant because I'm pretty sure that this is going to bring it completely up to speed with the PC version, which was always the goal of this game. Um, but it's kind of lagged behind. Um, the fact that they're coming out with the newest DLC, which just launched um, on other platforms not that long ago, and it's already coming to mobile is pretty sweet. So um, Dead Cells is obviously amazing. Uh, the mobile version continues to be one of the best versions of the game. Um, and then I want to point out the uh, a, a big 2.0 update to a game called Dungeon Fallon, which um, was like uh, like the dun- love letter the dungeon to Dungeon Raid. raid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've talked about this so many times before where Dungeon Raid homages have come out and um, a lot of them are very good, but nothing's ever been had quite the secret sauce as Dungeon Raid has mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I would say that's kind of true about this one too, uh, from its original release a couple of years ago. Um, this version 2.0 though, like it almost feels like a completely different game and it's, I think by far the best, if you want to scratch your dungeon raid itch, this is the game that'll do it. So, 
Um, Dungeon Fallon is out. It's five bucks, but there's no in-app purchases or anything like that. I think it's pretty worth it if you are still missing Dungeon Raid in your life. Um, and then Dicey Dungeons, which is Terry Cavanaugh's game that um, he actually announced several years ago um, as also planned for mobile. Well, it did end up launching um, on Steam first, I think in 2019, and then there was a Switch version, um, and it might even be on Xbox and PlayStation. I don't remember, but the mobile version just sort of like never you heard never heard about it, um, which is strange because this is like a sort of a Slay the Spire type of game or whatever. It's just a very would probably be best on mobile type of game where it just seems like a perfect fit for mobile. Um, but whatever it, it, it launched on PC and console and we never kind of heard about the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Well, lately he's come out and been like, Hey, I'm finishing up the mobile version finally. And, um, he launched an open beta for it. So if you, um, check out this story, there's actually a link to the website where you can go and get either the iOS or Android beta version. I believe it's still available. Um, this was one of the stories from, um, last week, but I was able to download it. No problem. The mobile version is awesome so far. And, I'm um, this wasn't already out on like this already existed in my mind as being out on mobile yeah. for years now. It seems it's, it's, I think that's going to be one of the things where it's like, this is the place to play it. Like, mm. um, but yeah, I don't know why it's taken a long time. I guess, you know, Terry Cavanaugh does things on his own time yeah. and, uh, who can blame them? But when this does finally come out, I think it's going to be like the definitive way to play because it's really good on mobile. So check those links. Try and check out the beta if it's still available. It should be. Um, hopefully that means it's it's not too far off. Um, and then this Hitman Sniper, the Shadows story, um, this was announced last year, I want to say, and then um, with no release window, or, or, or it was supposed to release last year sometime, actually. Um, and then... Uh, finally has an actual release date of March 3rd and there's pre-registrations open and stuff like that. Um, Hitman Sniper launched a long old time ago as like the mobile version of Hitman and it was super yeah. awesome, but it just was really lacking in content. Um, and then it, it, it slowly got free to play it out over the years too, where it just became like a grind the same level over and over for new weapons and weapon skins and stuff like that, which is fine. And it seemed to do really well that way, but it just seemed like you wanted that experience because like this, the Hitman sniper like formula worked so well on the touchscreen. Um, you just wanted more of that. So this seems like the, what that is, but free to play from the start, which is probably smart for it. Um, with a lot more content and a little bit more variety, let's say than the first game, which is cool. So, um, I'm actually really excited to try this out because I love the first Hitman Sniper game, but I just got bored of it, really. Um, so this is coming out March 3rd, and you can uh, pre-register for it. Of course, you'll get goodies because it's a free-to-play game, and that's what they do. Um, and then this was cool. Uh, almost a year ago, in March of last year, I actually wrote about a game called A Musical Story. And it was a really interesting rhythm game, but one that was story-based. And so that had this whole story going behind it. And there was sort of like a purpose of why you were trying to like emulate these these songs in like a rhythm game yeah. manner or whatever. Um, and I thought that was really neat because it's not often you see like story-based rhythm games, I guess. Um, it also just had a really, really cool art style um, that I liked a lot. So this game, I kind of forgot about it, but um, it's finally coming out uh, on mobile next month. Um, did they say an exact date? Oh, March 3rd. You know... March 3rd is shaping up to be a um, really popular day for releases I'm coming to Hell find. Yeah. Um, and actually, I lied about this, because iOS and Android is actually March 4th. But uh, Switch and other platforms is March 3rd. But either way, this is going to be um, on basically every platform. I think it's another one of those games that will probably be best on mobile, because rhythm games just translate really well to uh, touchscreen. So... Um, if you haven't watched the trailer for this one, they released a new trailer um, with the release date and stuff that shows a little bit more of the game. Um, it just seems really cool. And uh, watch the trailer if you have not, because that's one I'm real excited for. And another March 3rd game is releasing this on March 3rd. <laughs> um, Labyrinth City, Pierre the Maze Detective, another game I wrote about last year that um, is basically like a Where's Waldo type of game or like Hidden Folks, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually also story driven where each scene, I think there's 10 scenes total in the game, 
um, are all kind of connected and you're sort of trying to like solve a, a mystery or whatever, which I think is kind of cool way to do a hidden object game. So, um, this is based on an apparently popular children's book. Maybe it wasn't quite my time. I was a Where's Waldo kid, but, um, called Pierre the Maze Detective. Um, really cool art style, really cute. Um, obviously the digital versions of these hidden book games, um, have the ability to be like animated and like the scenes can change and stuff like that. And you saw a lot of that with stuff like hidden folks mm -hmm. where you could like move bushes out of the way and things like that. Um, this is no different. There's tons of like interactive parts and lots of animated parts and it just looks really cool. So, um, you can actually pre-order this one on the app store right now at a discounted price of three ninety nine. I don't know what the full price is going to be, but, um, you know, four bucks if you like hidden object games, one to check out. Yeah, seems pretty good. And then this, I just posted about yesterday, I think, um, Pokemon Trading Card Game Live. It's a new digital version of the Pokemon CCG, but it's actually um, replacing the previously released Pokemon TCG so, Online app. But is, is the, so that is also available on PC and stuff, though, right? So is that whole thing just going away? The whole thing is being replaced by this because this is going to be on iOS, Android, Mac, and PC. And they're all going to be able, as far as I know, cross-platform everything. Um, well, what so happens that's if I've got because, like $1,000 worth of cards or whatever that I bought in the other one? I get? So there, you can transfer from the old version to the new version. And there's a whole website you can visit that kind of tells you how you're able to do that. I didn't play... I don't play this, so I don't know how it works or whatever. But... The idea is that, yes, you're going to be able to transfer your stuff over and keep continue going on with this game, and that this game is going to fully replace the old game. Okay. Um, so it seems like they're trying to do it the right way. I'm sure there's probably some technical hurdles that will prevent it from being totally seamless. But, um, but anyway, if you were uh, looking forward to this, I think the biggest problem with the previous version on mobile, at least, was that it was iPad only. Um, this version is going to be iPad and iPhone, and I think that's a big thing because there's way more iPhones out there than there are iPads um, for people to want to play this stuff. And then having like basically be the same game where you carry your progress over no matter where you're playing it is such a big deal for something like this too. So, um, but anyway, uh, next week they're going to be kicking off a Canadian soft launch um, on everything, iOS, Android, and desktop. Oh, cool. So, um, you know how it is. We all, especially people that are on Touch Arcade, usually have a Canadian <laughs> App Store account handy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll be region locked or anything like that, but if you wanted to try and take it for a spin, um, this kicks off next Tuesday on the 22nd. And um, I've posted all the links to the various versions, the iOS, Android, and desktop versions. None of them are active yet. So hopefully after the 22nd, you can just visit this story and check out the links, and it'll take you to the uh, Canadian versions of them or whatever. I'll try and download it and play it. Um, like I said, I don't know if it'll be region locked or not, but um, I'm not going to like, you know, use a VPN to play it. I don't care that much, but if it's just easy enough to play, I'll check it out and uh, could never really get into these card games or whatever. I mostly posted about this so we could kind of like talk shit about magic, the gathering and oh. why they haven't done something similar. Um, yeah. Very <laughs> <because> unfortunate. <laughs> Pokemon's already like, Re reimagined how their digital like card game should be, and it seems like a really slick app. And like you know, the way they're yeah. keeping everyone's like stuff together is really cool. And it's just like, why isn't Magic doing this? I mean, the, the Magic Arena's game is cool, but it's just like not what I want. Like that's kind of kind yep. of the problem. Is like right. I, it's I don't know who it's for. Is one of these yeah. things, you know? Like yeah, if yeah. if Magic existed in a vacuum, and this was just like a a new card game that came out, I think yeah. it would be pretty cool and people would like it. But like, it's just yeah. uh, to, to me, not what I want out of magic. And it really bums me out because like, right. particularly after like moving and then going through COVID and everything else, like I still, I magic is one of my favorite games of all time. You yeah. know? And I just like, yeah, yeah. don't really have like a way that I want to play it, I guess, without like yeah. getting locked into some weird, like free to play ecosystem and yeah, all this other stuff, you know, and I yeah, don't know. no, um, I agree. It, it seems so simple on the surface, but I'm sure. Did you see the, uh, magic, the gathering NFT that some moron decided to 
try yeah, to spool man. up and i don't understand why i can't just use magic cards and uh, make nfts out of them yeah so this, what's this the guy, problem this, this this random weirdo like basically decided <laughs> like hey i'm gonna uh just make a match of the gathering nft with like all mm-hmm. the magic cards and stuff and then had this like truly beyond the pale insane twitter thread where <laughs> they were just like bewildered why hasbro would have yeah they got sent a cease and desist that i thought was like a very kind cease and desist oh yeah of, like hey buddy um can't do that you know <laughs> yeah but like, how hard is it to be like, what? I want to make Mickey Mouse NFTs. I don't see why I can't. It, yeah. Disney should want this forward-thinking technology to be used for their products. Like, yeah. yeah. His whole thing was like, Wizards of the Coast should be like allowing me to do this for them because uh, because they should be in the NFT game and all this stuff. It's like, oh, dude. Well, you don't understand how any of this stuff works. I Bless mean, your I, heart. I don't disagree that... Um, a Magic the Gathering sort of thing would potentially make sense as an NFT. Right, right. Um, You know, if you remove, like, all the wacky baggage that comes with NFTs, like, the idea of, like, owning a digital version of a Magic card that you have control of and you can do whatever you want with, um, inside or outside of an official Magic the Gathering ecosystem, to me, seems really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but yeah, dude, like a Hasbro's a what fourteen billion dollar market cap company. They're not going to just be like, Something. oh yeah. yeah, sure, here you go, random dummy on Twitter. Like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> just just do an, an NFT, have fun. Let us know how it's going. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny, but you know, whatever. Yeah, not everyone knows. How it is go. what it is. But, um, all right, that's all the stories I had to talk about that we can officially say that we talked about iPhone stuff this week. There you go. Um, and I actually went back two full weeks, so we're all caught up. Um, next week, next Friday, is the Steam Deck launch date. Ah. Also, the day that um, embargoes lift. So um, I'm going to try and have a review written, but the problem is that for me, I feel like I, there's not a lot I can say about the hardware itself, and there's not a lot I can do from like a technical perspective that other people haven't done much better, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know tons about PC games and I can't be like, oh, you should tweak all these things and do all this stuff, you know? So like my whole thing is like, I want to review the Steam Deck as like just an average person that doesn't have a ton of knowledge about PC gaming that wants to get into it in an easy manner. Right. And um, the Steam Deck very much is that, but also their software is like updating on, it's such a, quick pace that it's hard to get a real true grasp of how the whole thing is because it's like oh man this this is bad but then tomorrow everything's fixed because they released a new update and everything's good so it's like i feel like and and they're saying they're going to release beyond launch date tons of os updates like very frequently so um i'm going to do the best i can to kind of like judge it based on it the one that i have in the condition it's in yeah by the time Friday rolls around or whatever, but it's um, tricky too because it's like, what the fuck, are you gonna like score a hardware platform? Like, I don't, you know, I don't and, know. I I just kind of want to answer the question of like, should somebody buy this that wants to get into PC games as opposed yeah. to like trying to build a PC or something like that? Um, well, I mean, obviously it's handheld, so that's a that's the key thing here. Yeah, but um, I mean, it just seems to me that like the obvious takeaway as someone that like has only really watched videos of this is like. Hey, if you want a portable PC, this is the best one right now. Far, far and beyond better than anything else you can get. If you want to use mm-hmm. it to replace like your gaming desktop PC and you're happy with like playing games at, like 720 to 1080p, like it'll work, but it's not going to be like your main PC. Yeah. And if th- any of those things make you happy, cool. If not, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. And we've talked before too about like building a PC right now is not an easy thing to do because the components are very hard to get to. So it's like on the surface, you want to be like, dude, for 500 bucks, you could build a super good gaming PC, but not right now. You can't because you can't get any sort of GPU for less than like a thousand. So, and to to be fair, um, like no one really knows how difficult it's actually going to be to get a steam deck either. I mean, like it could just be as hard to get a steam deck as it is to get a video card right now, you know, like depending on, you know, how many they actually have, like how quickly they ship them, like what the backlog looks like. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm more excited for lunch day just to see how things progress from that day forward mm-hmm. in terms of like pre-orders and stuff like that. And when our own 
get up to the plate and we get our emails and right. can kind of kind of find out when things are happening because I'm going to hate it if it's like, Oh yeah, we're able to ship like three a day or, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay. Um, you know, but I do want to see also the real world demand for this thing. Right. Um, because it's, it's all just a mystery right now. So whatever, but whatever the case, um, whatever my review official review ends up being, we're going to, I think dedicate the whole show next week to talking about steam deck stuff wow. because the gloves will be off. So, um, if you don't care about the steam deck, I guess have a nice week off next week. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk. If there's some good mobile stuff we'll talk about too, but it's hard not to want to talk about just steam deck stuff. You know, my, my game's coming out next week. Nick cart racers. <gasps> That'll be cool. We'll talk about that. We some will we'll say we'll, it's the biggest release of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, does it work on steam deck? No. Then, I, then I don't care. I mean, you might be able to install oh. some Android emulator and play it that way. I'm sure you can. There's so much stuff I'm sure you can do with this thing that I'm not technically savvy enough to be doing that I almost feel bad that uh, someone cooler doesn't have one right now to, to break it all down. I need those video. I need those people to get them to <laughs> make videos to show me the coolest stuff I can do with mine. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> But I do think it's a valid sort of position, too, to be like, hey, I'm just sort of an average gamer who doesn't know much about PC gaming. How's the Steam Deck for me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be my point of view on it. So, anyway. I like it. Yeah, we'll see. Average Joe's Steam Deck review is what I will call it. Um, but anyway, uh, let's wrap things up. Let's drive this bus off the overpass. Sure. Let's uh, do it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, Touch Arcade is primarily supported through our readers and our listeners and our viewers. So if you like what we do and want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash Touch Arcade. And you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Ah, shoot. Ah, man. We got a few emails, too, that I, for a second week in a row, forgot to read. So um, we'll squeeze those in for next week for sure. First order of business next week. Sorry to you, a uh, handful of emailers, because I've been saying, hey, send us emails at podcast at touchrk.com. Say hi. Um, and a few people did, and ignorant me didn't get to them. So yeah, first order of business next week. We'll read some emails. So this is your chance to send us an email and have it be read. Uh, as vulgar as it may be. No, that's not true. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> we reserve the right to not read your email on the air. Um So with all that said, we'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. See ya.